Each Sunday we've been turning to the book of Isaiah, the ancient prophet, the man of God, to read different prophecies of the Messiah and see how they were realized in the person of Jesus. Today we read from Isaiah chapter 7. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heavens. And Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of human beings? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He will be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. For before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid to waste. Amen. Thank you, Steve, and thank you, Joyce. Thanks. Well, Merry Christmas again. You know, Christmas is a spectacle. I am convinced this morning that there is nothing more spectacular than Christmas. Christmas is a wonderful time. And if you came into this place for the first time and you see all the wonderful decorations and the Christmas tree and the incredible music, aren't you blown away by it this morning? Christmas is an amazing season. And it's our attempt as human beings to show the world that there's nothing bigger in the world than God. There's nothing bigger in the world than Christ. And as Pastor Steve mentioned a little while ago, throughout the month of December, we have been talking about very important things. We've talked about peace. We've talked about hope. We've talked about joy. And this morning we're going to talk about love. God's love. And uh, if there's ever a thing that comes together in a package, it's Christmas and love. You know, love goes with Christmas. And I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a lot of people out there that are trying to be extra loving during the, the Christmas season. I don't know if you've been to the grocery store, to the mall, or you've been shopping, or you've been in traffic, and you've actually noticed that people have tried to be more loving. Right? People go out of their way to say Merry Christmas and have a Happy New Year. And most of the time, you know, we're pretty much strangers to each other in Southern California. And this week on the news, did you hear about the pay it forward phenomenon that happened at the Starbucks drive-thru? That there was a line in the Starbucks drive-thru for two hours where people were actually paying for the lattes of the people behind them. And that went on for two hours. So Christmas time is a loving season. People are trying extra hard to be loving and caring. But on the other hand, Christmas, the research tells us, statistics show us, you know, depression is up. Suicide is up. I mean, there's a lot of people in our country that are having challenges to pay their mortgage. You know, there's a lot of people that are having challenges to put food on the table. I mean, there's a lot of people in Pasadena, in Southern California, and throughout our land that are unable to buy expensive presents for their loved ones. I mean, I received a card from a family member this week, and this family member of mine doesn't have a lot of money, and in their card they wrote, all I can send you is the gift of love, my love, and uh, my affection. And uh, this morning we're going to be taking a look at two different texts. We're going to be taking a look at an Old Testament te- 
text and a New Testament text. We're going to take a look at King Ahaz, and then we're going to take a look at Joseph, the stepfather of Jesus. And before we get into the scripture, I don't know we've been doing a lot of praying this morning, but I want to pray again, because I've sensed in my spirit that, you know, even though this whole month of December we've been talking about peace and hope and joy and love, you know, I sense there's a lot of people that aren't experiencing the peace, the love, and the joy that they would like to be experiencing. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of things going on in the world. And maybe you haven't been experiencing it. And those things are not going to come by gifts or presents, money, a job. You know, it's going to come through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you at this moment. And we're going to ask the Lord this morning, in this moment, supernaturally, to fill us with love and peace and joy and hope. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father God, we thank you for the spectacle that is Christmas and what Christmas represents. That's your love, Christ, in this world, in our lives. And Father God, I'm the first one to admit that we get so caught up with busyness and running around, getting run down, and sickness and stress and anxiety, maybe even depression. Maybe even experiencing those blues, those holiday blues. So, Father God, through the power of your Holy Spirit, we ask you that you would come into this place, that you would come into each heart, into each person, into each mind, and you would fill us, Lord, with your peace, with your joy, with your love, and with your hope. We ask you this in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Don't you feel God's hope and love and joy and peace in this place? Why don't we take a deep breath and just breathe it in? Take a deep breath. Doesn't that feel good? Amen. So we're going to go to the Old Testament. We're going to go to the book of Isaiah in chapter 7. And uh, we have it for you on the slides. We have it for you in your um, outline. And it's also on page 1069. In your pew Bible, Isaiah chapter 7. And um, we're going to read starting at verse 10. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now. You house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of men? Will you try the patience of my God also? And here it is. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He will eat curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. But before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, The land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. The Lord will bring on you and on your people and on the house of your father a time unlike any since Ephraim broke away from Judah. He will bring the king of Assyria. This is a wonderful text. Can't wait to unpack it for you. I want to say one more thing about love. Love, I believe, is the most powerful and profound human experience. I don't think any of us this morning has ever experienced something greater or more more profound than love. 
There's no vacation. There's no treasure. There's no place where you can go in the world. There's no job. There's no position. There's no high that can equal the power and the majesty of love. And the two ways to look at love is to be loved and to love. And when you think about it, when we start off as a child, when we're born, we receive love from other people in a passive way. You know, when we're a child, we receive love. Our parents love us. We're passive recipients of that. They care for us. They demonstrate gentleness and kindness and affection for us. They take care of us. They guide us. They even discipline us. And that mark stays with us for the rest of our lives. And that's why Christmas is so powerful. You know, even we as adults, when we celebrate Christmas, what does that Christmas do for us? What do the Christmas songs and the Christmas foods do for us? It evokes our memories from childhood. And we remember how palpable, how visceral, how real, how raw that love was from our mom, our dad, our grandpa, our uncle, whoever. So being loved, powerful human experience. And then as we grow older, as we become adults, as we mature, each one of us has that deep desire, that deep need to love. To love somebody. To be committed to somebody. To show someone affection and kindness. And one of the things that's going on in our society today is there's more and more singles. There's a lot of single people out there that aren't married. And they want to love somebody. And sometimes there is nobody, so you know they love their dog, they love their cat. Maybe they love their job, their church, their community. But that is a deep human desire to be loved and to love. And God has demonstrated to the entire world this kind of love for us. He came into this world, Emmanuel, God with us. So this name Emmanuel comes from the Old Testament. It comes from this text that we just read. This prophecy of King Ahaz. And and really quick, I just want to unpack this powerful story and tell you what's going on in Isaiah chapter 7. King Ahaz is the king of Judah. It's a small little country. This is where Bethlehem is. This is where Jerusalem is. This is where the throne of David is. This is where the tabernacle is, the temple, the holy place, the Ark of the Covenant. He is the king of Judah. And what has happened in those days, it's a Middle East type crisis. The neighbors to the north, the northern kingdom, Israel and Syria, they have become allies. And they want to fight a bigger neighbor to the north, which is Assyria. And they are trying to pressure King Ahaz, Judah, to join them against Assyria. So King Ahaz is very stressed. He's very troubled. He's only 20 years old. He's a 21-year-old man. He became king when he was 20. All this happened a year later. He was 21. So he was under a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. Uh, can anyone relate to that this morning? Right? We're under a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. You know, we have the mortgage payments. We have family concern. Uh, we have environmental concerns. We have a new president concern in our country. We're going through a lot of things in our country, in our nation, in Pasadena, in Southern California. There's a lot of stress going on. So the prophet Isaiah comes to King Ahaz to comfort him, to encourage him with a loving message from God. And Isaiah says, ask God for a sign. And Ahaz says, oh, I'm not going to test the Lord. And then Isaiah says, well, the Lord's going to give you a sign. 
So out of the blue, almost out of nowhere, Isaiah goes into the prophecy of Jesus Christ. He goes into this wonderful prophecy and he says to King Ahaz that a virgin shall conceive a son, a boy, and his name will be Emmanuel, which means God with us. In other words, God was trying to tell King Ahaz, listen Ahaz, everybody may be against you. All your neighbors, all the other nations, all the overpowering forces that are out there, all the life issues, financial issues, emotional issues, relationship issues, business issues, whatever the case may be, and the sign that God was giving him is, Ahaz, I'm with you. 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 And even though Christmas time is a time of family and coming together, how many people do you think in this time of the year are experiencing isolation or loneliness? Right? You can be in the middle of the biggest family reunion, sitting at a big, long table, and you may be feeling inside, nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. Right? I'm not as special as uh, my big brother. Or I'm not as special as my big sister. I mean, there's a lot of loneliness and isolation going on during this season. And God was telling King Ahaz, I'm with you. I am with you. Emmanuel. God is with us. It's an incredible story. And our New Testament reading this morning is out of Matthew. We're not only looking at King Ahaz, we're also going to look at Joseph. And Matthew's narrative of the birth of Christ is is linked to Isaiah chapter 7. These two uh, passages that we're reading this morning are are tied together. And the reason is, uh, Matthew cites Isaiah chapter 7. Matthew goes ahead and recounts the same story in Isaiah chapter 7. In Matthew 1, verse 18. So this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Here we go, Isaiah chapter 7. The virgin shall be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, everyone, God with us. Amen. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not uh, have union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. So here's the story of another man. King Ahaz, 750 years later, Joseph. And Joseph is another man, descendant of David. And he's also dealing with difficult circumstances, overwhelming odds. He is engaged to be married to Mary, a young virgin, and he hears that she's already with child. So he doesn't know what he's going to do. What am I going to do? Am I going to divorce her quietly, not to bring embarrassment or shame to her? In other words, he was literally contemplating that Jesus Christ 
the Lord and Savior of the free world, of the whole world, would actually be raised by a single parent, by a single mom, with no dad. I mean, Joseph really had our, you know, future in the balance there. Difficult circumstances, difficult situations. And when the angel came to speak to Joseph through a dream, he came to Joseph with the same message that Isaiah came to Ahaz. Emmanuel, God with us. God is with you. So when you're driving to wherever you're going, if you're going to Bakersfield or you're driving to Fresno or you're driving to Las Vegas or you're getting on a plane to be with family and you feel so lost in the shuffle of Christmas, right? You know what you're going to say to yourself? God is with me. God is with me. Whatever I'm dealing with, whatever I'm facing in my marriage, with my schoolwork, with my job, with my commitments, with my health, God is with me. All right, everyone say that. God is with me. Everyone say, God is with us. And that's the message of Christmas. That's what Christmas is all about. He said it to King Ahaz, and he said it to Joseph. And Joseph did what the angel told him to do. He took Mary, he protected the Christ child, took him to Egypt when so many people tried to kill him, and he was a good stepfather to Jesus Christ. And he taught him a trade. He taught him how to be a carpenter. And um, as I conclude, I want to conclude with three very important points about love. I'm going to put my Bible down here. And I kind of want to roll up my sleeves and just talk, talk to you from my heart about love. This is, this is a big task. This is a big job this morning to talk about love. Hello, it's like the most incredible thing. What did Ahaz and what did Joseph need from God in those difficult moments they were in? They needed a sign. They needed a demonstration. They needed a show of love. You know, and you and I as people, as human beings, you know, what do we need from other people to know that they love us? We need a sign. We need a demonstration of that love. You know, we need that person, if you've studied the five love languages, we need that person to... Say it with words, or say it with gifts, or say it with time. Right? We all need that sign. We all need that affirmation. We all need that validation. We need that sign that that father, that mother, that friend, that sister, that neighbor, whoever, do you love me? Show me that you love me. Demonstrate that you love me. And that's what God's all about. He has demonstrated to the entire world that He loves this world. By sending his son Christ. So love demands a sign. Secondly, love is unconditional. Love is unconditional. When you love someone unconditionally as God loves us, you are not going to look at their defects. You are not going to look at their mistakes. You are not going to look at what they did wrong first. You're going to accept them and love them as they are, as God loves us. In fact, uh, I have a quote this morning from St. Augustine, and I came across this quote when I was doing some research on love. I just want to read it to you. St. Augustine says, The only one who can love you truly and fully is God, because love with a human only allows for flaws, such as jealousy, suspicion, fear, anger, and contention. 
So according to St. Augustine, to love God is truly the only way to attain the peace which is yours. So God's love is unconditional. He loves us unconditionally. The Bible says that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, and He died on the cross while we were still sinners. And then thirdly, what I want to say about love is that love is a choice. Love is a choice. Love is a decision you make. You know, when you met that significant other in your person, in your life, and you decided to marry them, that was a choice to love them. God made a choice to send His Son to this world. You know, God didn't just uh, think of sending Jesus to this world last minute. The Bible says that Jesus was pre-planned, that God had planned to send His Son to us before this world was even made. So it's a choice. It's not only God's choice, but it's your choice. It's my choice. It's our choice this morning to accept God's love. It's our decision this morning to accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It's our choice this morning to love God and to ask Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of our lives. So at this moment, we're going to pray. We're going to bow our heads. And if you would like to make that decision, if you would like to make that choice, I invite you to pray this prayer with me as uh, our musicians come up. God made the decision. God made the choice 2,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago at the beginning of time to come and be with us, to send his son to this world. But today we are given an opportunity to make a choice, to make a decision for Christ, to ask him to be the Lord and Savior of our lives, to thank God for his peace, his love, his joy, his hope. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father God, we thank you, Lord, for the choice you made to come into this world. We thank you, Lord, because you bring love, peace, hope, and joy into our chaotic lives. We see it in Scripture. We see it in the Old and New Testament. We see it played out in our lives. And we've been talking so much during this Christmas season about your love and your sacrifice. And now, Lord God, it's about our love and our sacrifice. And if you this morning want to make that decision, you want to say, Lord God, I make a choice for you to give my life to you, for you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Make that decision now. Say, Lord, I make a choice to follow you, to live you. Forgive me of my sins, Lord God. The peace that I seek, I can't find it in this world. The joy that I seek, I can't find it in this world. I can only find it in Christ. Wash me and cleanse me of all my sins. I ask you this now. In his name, Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us. Amen and amen.